You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Kristen Maxwell, and you are listening to your superpowered mind. In this show, We explore the process of transformation and give you tools and strategies that you can use to transform your own life. Our session today is going to be extra interesting to me. We are talking to Carrie Hummingbird about stillness within, connecting to something bigger. And I'm really excited to talk to Carrie because we're going to be talking about building faith in something other than our mind and in the physical. And this is a path that I myself have been walking. And I know that many of us who get stuck in our heads, it is partly because we don't have this trust that, that we are so circling in the head. So anyway, I'm excited about this. And Carrie Hummingbird is a soul guide who inspires people to live their lives with authenticity, passion, and purpose. And in her Reinvent Yourself programs, she catalyzes mind shifts that help people to transform their life challenges into gifts of wisdom. She's the international best-selling author of The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama, as well as the award-winning best-selling book, Awakening to Me, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love. She's the founder of the Skills Not Pills movement and also the host of the podcast, Soul Nectar Show. Carrie, welcome to your superpowered mind. Thank you so much, Kristen, for having me on the show. I'm really delighted to be here. I am delighted about you also, too. So fun. So my first question is, what superpower did you discover as the result of mastering your mind? My biggest superpower, and I speak in terms of earth spirituality, you know, my studying has been, my my pathway to something bigger has been through the earth and spiritual practice there. But has been spider medicine. So spiders are really interesting (laughs) creatures (laughs) because they can certainly spin a web, right? They can, they can spin a beautiful web and then they can catch some flies in it and have a nice meal. And I did not realize until I got on my spiritual journey, um, which started about eight years ago and I'm 50, that I had been practicing spider medicine my whole life in psychotherapy offices, (laughs) except that I was spinning a story of my life with my words, and I was trapping myself in the web of my own creation by spinning these stories with powerful emotion week after week. And then I was experiencing more of the same in my life and getting very frustrated that things weren't changing. And um, it was when I woke up that I started to realize that I had, you know, spider medicine and I needed to first learn how to quiet my mind and uh, connect with something bigger than me to do that, to get more quiet and still inside. 
And then to learn to use my spider medicine to create beautiful things for myself and my family. So that's been my biggest superpower is spider medicine. That is beautiful. I love that visual of how we trap ourselves in the web of our stories. And the one thing I know, if you do any cleaning, when you go and you try to take down a spider web, those things are sticky. They're very clingy. They are very clingy. (laughs) (laughs) And they're hard to see. And they're like the invisible little threads. And you're trying to get them all off of you. And it's really hard, isn't it? (laughs) They are. (laughs) Yes, very true. Well, so there's one one thing that I picked up on that right away, which is, you know, when you are a person who you know you're stuck in your stories, well, maybe you don't even know. This is your reality, that this is what's going on in your life. This is who you are. This is the way the world is. And you learned how to quiet your mind by connecting to something bigger than me. And what I want to know about, because this very much was my own path, is what when you what happens when you don't really believe in something bigger than you? You know, that's really interesting because I was not raised with religion, so I did not have a concept or training or domestication of my mind to think that there was a God that was really there for me. You know, I I didn't have that. Um, My mother uh, grew up in Midwest Texas in the Bible Belt, and um, she did not like um, some of the things she witnessed and uh, in the sixties in that paradigm. And she felt like, um, it was a little bit, um, talking out of both sides of the mouth, you know, kind of thing. And so she lost her faith and she stopped going to church. And so she raised me explicitly without any, what she would call programming so that I could just find my own way. So what that did for me was it left me a huge opportunity, but it also left me feeling really strange and like, well, I don't know what to do. You know, I don't really have any, any understanding or belief to fall back on. And so, what I noticed is I just really liked being outside, you know, that my natural impulse was to be outside. I like to go outside. I like to hike. I like to be in nature. I like to be, you know, take a nice long hike and get quiet or take a really long run to the point where you get runner's high and then all your problems just sort of melt away and you stop thinking for once, you know, like that moment of peace after 10 or 12 miles. Um, that was how too for many years, (laughs) it's a good entry point. You know, it really is that, um, runner's high is very akin to what you experience when you connect to something bigger, um, in a, in a non-physical way. And so the running, the runner's high for me was that my first introduction to, wow, okay, I can get to this really expanded space after I've run for about six or 10 miles and my mind quiets down quite a bit. And then I'm just too tired to think. And then something bigger comes in and I feel a greater presence and I feel like, you know, things are going to be okay. And, but when I really had an experience of something bigger was after I met my first uh, shamanic teacher um, in Austin, he, uh, he has a drum journey circle. So drum journey is really cool. It's a, they used the drum the way the indigenous people used the drum. All of our ancestors had a drum way back there somewhere. So 
it's something in our DNA, you know. So when when you pick up a drum or you or you hear drums, something ancestral gets activated within your body. It's beyond you, like it's something bigger. And that can help quiet your mind as well because um, they've actually done scientific studies on it. And the drum beat that's used by um, many of the shamanic drummers, it brings your brain out of beta state, which is the thinking mind, and into alpha and theta states, which is the dreaming mind. And the dreaming mind is the space of something bigger. That's the space of your something bigger. So a lot of people just say, oh, that's just my imagination. Well, okay, you can call it that but it's a space of something bigger. So when you tune out of your mind, you can start tuning in to um, visions inside your brain. You can tune into perceptions and feelings in your body, senses. And that's exactly what happened to me when I began training with this teacher. And then I had a first spiritual healing from him, which was included. Now, that experience of a spiritual healing was very different than my experience of sitting in psychotherapy, as you can imagine, right? Yes. <laughs> so in psychotherapy, I was sitting there in my victim story and telling the story over and over and crying and getting really upset. And I was, you know, essentially in the energy field, in the quantum field, I was creating like a whole bunch of mess for myself. In this case, um, I was lying on the floor and I thought to myself at the time, boy, I've I've been downgraded. <laughs> like, I don't even get a couch, you know, like I'm on the floor. But he was drumming and it quieted my mind. And my mind was still chattering. It was like, this is ridiculous. I'm on the floor. This is so stupid. Nothing's happening. And I reminded myself, okay, Gary, why don't you just tune in? Because he'd been telling me how to tune into my senses. Why don't you tune into your senses and just see what happens? Become curious. So I did. I said, okay, I'm going to be curious. And the moment I decided to be curious, I actually felt a blanket of presence, of loving presence come in over my whole body. It was palpable. I could feel it. And the moment I felt that presence, my teacher stopped drumming. And I went, oh, my God, there's something hovering above me. And my teacher just kind of chuckled and he said, you're so sensitive. I love that. <laughs> you know, you could perceive uh -huh. that. And he proceeded to do a healing um, on my heart and he pulled a lot of energy out of my heart and I could feel him doing it. There was like this, um, I used to have this empty, aching hole around my heart and like it felt like really crampy, like a menstrual cramp. It really hurt when somebody said something mean and um, he took that out. And I, in that moment that he took it out, I realized, oh my God, you can just take that stuff out like a splinter. Like that's really fascinating. So I was learning at multiple levels of understanding during this healing session. And it was awakening in me a knowing probably from my ancestors, potentially from past lives where I remembered that that was possible. And it was powerful. I could feel him take the energy out and I could feel it being flicked into the little sage dish with the burning sage. And, you know, then he put a little crystal in my hand and, and I started weeping when he put it on my heart. I had no idea what was in the crystal. Come to find out what was in the crystal was a little piece of my soul that was lost when I was one. So 
all of this was was without words. There were no words. There was just a feeling and like a reaction, like a crying, a grief, and and a relief, and all of these feelings I had no explanation for until we talked after the session. So that was a really different experience for me than the psychotherapy because it was experiential. It was feeling, and it was feeling things change. And and the thing is, I've never had that feeling again. That aching in my heart is gone permanently. And that catalyzed a lot of growth. And it also catalyzed my path to become a healer, to do those kinds of healings for other people, because I thought, well, that works. And it's really painful and frustrating to sit in a therapy office for 20 years and not get results. And and so this is like a miracle that just happened. And I want to share that miracle. So that's my story of connecting to something bigger. Wow. Yeah, that is beautiful. Um, we do need to go take a break. I always hate this right in the middle of, I want to <laughs> the juicy the stuff, <laughs> yeah, the juicy stuff. Um, but when we come back, we'll talk some more about connecting to something bigger yourselves. And before we go, can you, um, let people know where they can find more about you? Absolutely. So my website is kerryhummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com. And there's a little game you can play called the Love Mastery Game when you go to kerryhummingbird.com forward slash play. Great. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking to Carrie Hummingbird about finding still within, connecting to something bigger. And so, you know, as I listen to your to your story and your experience, I feel a little envious. Like, what a what a beautiful experience, and. And is that something that's possible to everybody or is that something that you have because you are somehow more of a healer? Does that make sense what the question is? It does make sense. And, you know, the answer I have is that anybody can connect with spirit, great spirit, God, source, creator, then something that is bigger than you, the universe, you know, the earth, your soul, you know, I mean, it's all the same thing. So I, I would use any word that you feel comfortable using, you know, that makes your mind come along and say, okay, I'll go along with this thing, you know, like whatever that word is. But I believe that we all have a unique pathway to finding that something bigger for us. As a matter of fact, one time I was asking my, my higher guidance, I was like, okay, how do I bring this message out into the world that people should just start stop arguing with each other about their pathways and that everybody's equal and we're all the same and we're all right? How do I do that? And my guide said, well, Carrie, look at your thumb. I said, okay, I got a thumbprint. And my guide said, yeah, you have a thumbprint. That is a unique thumbprint. So you could think of yourself, and this is a little silly because my guide's a little silly, but you know, you could think of yourself as being in a little thumbprint suit, you know, like, mm-hmm. and that thumbprint is a unique design. It's a blueprint for your life journey that you selected to have. And nobody else's journey is like that. It's unique. And yet everybody 
has a thumbprint. So everybody's having a unique journey that's specifically designed for them. And that mechanism that we live in that makes all of this possible is able to synchronize and connect and, and, and do all of that for every single person's journey. It's that, it's that amazing. So you're having your journey. The person next to you is having their journey. You've got your thumbprint suit on. They've got theirs on. You know, you've got your, your perceptual filters and your little glasses you're wearing with your thumbprint suit. They've got theirs. You don't see the world the same on purpose. And everybody's having their own experience. So when you open to the experience that's blueprinted inside of your thumbprint suit, then you get the experience that's meant for you. And that's a beautiful thing when you allow it to unfold. So yeah, I do believe that everybody has little golden eggs and you know <laughs> things hidden in their journey that they can discover and find and realize and have these profound moments. Like everybody's got that hidden inside their thumbprint suit, but they're not going to find it if they don't go within, if they don't tap into something bigger within themselves. They'll never find that if they keep looking out there for the answer. Right. And so going back, I think it's, it's sort of another version is what do you do with then with people? Because there are lots of people who yearn, I think, for a connection, yearn for that sort of, um, you know, just knowing trust. And yet that they're because of the way they've been raised and who they are, they don't feel that except maybe with running or something like that. How do you help people to start the process of opening up to the possibility that there even is something really truly to tap into? Well, I, I help people once they've made the decision to become curious. So once the person decides to become curious and start the path, of discovery, then the way that I help is I help them to clear away the clutter, the conditioning, and the beliefs and the thinking. And I help them to run experiments like a little scientist. We can each become a scientist in our lives and we can try new things and see if it works. Just like we might try running a marathon and see if that quiets our mind down, right? So there's other things we can try. We can try um, grounding to the earth and see if that makes a difference. We can try opening sacred space and seeing if that makes a difference. And so everything's like a little experiment to see what works for each person. So I offer a lot of little experiments and then some healings to help clear away, you know, the crust around our hearts and our minds and the sort of crust of conditioning and that's getting in the way of us finding our true path. So I help people clear that out. And then I teach some cognitive lessons that I learned through my um, indigenous uh, training, you know, through this indigenous lines. I, I teach some of these ideas, which are a little new to the Western concept, and that helps to reorient things in a new way. Mm. So these are all ways that I can help. And so I even created this little love mastery game because my, my guide, my higher guidance was like, this will be fun. You know, let's play a game with it. Let's make it fun, you know, to, to tune into your inner wisdom. And, and I did it in a way that teaches the principles that I teach in my butterfly circle because butterfly is my ally for this work. Um, and I, I teach some of the principles and just some of the tools. And so that's all in the game. 
So then people can start becoming familiar and trying it out and saying, huh, does that work for me? And if it does and it gives you some answers and some peace and some direction, then cool, let's keep going. You know, so that's, that's how I get people started with it as a game. Like, let's play. Let's have a fun game. Let's do some experiments. Yes, I love that. And one of the um, things that was so when I, you know, I myself started the journey was this idea of like, well, you have your beliefs and those, those are your truths for you. Like, that's just what you're going to believe and you can't change it. And it's been such, um, so much fun to realize that if you want to, you can decide to believe something different and go about changing your reality to fit that belief by finding evidence that, that fits it. So what I love that what you're doing is I can see with your little, all of these different, you know, experiments that they can try, they can find different ways that, that resonate for them. Yeah, and this is not a new concept. I mean, there's lots of teachers that have taught for a while, like, if you want to change your life, then start by changing the hand that you brush your teeth with, you know, like, yeah, make a change, because really what you're interacting with is your subconscious mind that's been programmed. And it's going to keep enforcing the same programming, thinking it's helping you, unless you have a conversation with it and start trying something new, which initially makes your subconscious feel very uncomfortable because it's changing things and it doesn't like to have to do more work. So, you know, like it doesn't want that, but you're, you know, as the guiding adult in the situation, you get to say, no, we're going to try a new ice cream today, or we're going to go on a walk instead of a hike, or we're going to, you know, I mean, you just change it up and you try new things. That's why people that are really well-traveled are super open-minded because right. they, they, they're constantly putting themselves at the edge of their comfort zone by exposing themselves to other people's ideas and thoughts and ways of being. And what that does for you is it helps you to go within with that information. So the journey is always within. So we, we have an external journey that exposes us to something that's really new or different from our reality currently. And then we bring it inside And we decide, do I want to run an experiment on this? How do I feel about that? Would I like to try it? Okay, I'd like to try it. Let's see what happens. And then you can uh, notice what changes happen in the inner reality. And then you can notice what happens on the outer reality. So these are all fun ways to play with something bigger than yourself is to realize that you're being listened to all the time. A lot of people feel alone or lonely. And what I've learned, and I used to feel that way, but what I've learned is I'm never alone. I am literally never alone. So, you know, privacy is a thing, <laughs> but yes. you're never actually alone. You've, you've got so many ancestors and this is just my reality. And so take it on if it resonates for you. But I've just learned that I have so many ancestors surrounding me and, and, and so many guides and, and supportive allies and consciousness, my own consciousness, my inner my inner selves, you know, my child self, my adult self, like all the selves I have, my soul self, like I'm never alone. I've got plenty of company. So it's kind of like a decision to make this journey into an adventure. That's the decision. 
if you decide to make the journey into an adventure and decide to go within to find all the little gold nuggets that you're something bigger left for you in there by running experiments or trying new things or playing or loosening up a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like stop taking it so seriously. It's really, um, that's where the magic happens. Yes. And when you, um, one of the things that you talk about is this crust around our hearts and our minds that get in the way of us, you know, finding this adventure. So what kind of, what kind of crust do we get? (laughs) Oh, so much crust, but let's just say, um, let's say you had a relationship and you felt this person really hurt you. And then you, you, you decide to keep telling that story about how they really hurt you. And then you decide to be really upset and injured because they won't apologize and they don't think they did anything wrong. And you're left feeling wounded because they won't apologize and they don't think they did anything wrong and how dare they, because don't they see like what they did to me and all of this, like that just puts layers and layers and layers of crust over your heart because are you going to trust the next person that comes along with an open, earnest heart to have a relationship with you? No, you're going to be like, you're probably going to be like that other person who hurt me because you're still holding on to all that crust. So that's one version of crust. There's a lot of crust that gets on there. Crust from our parents, you know, like judgments about our parents or how things were that they shouldn't have been or there's a lot of ways. And it's all spider medicine. <laughs> like, right. It's how you choose to tell the story of your life. Yes, how you choose to tell the story of your life. I love that. Say, say more about that, if you will. Sorry. Absolutely. No, I mean, for me, I chose to tell a story of my life for a long time that, um, that was handed to me. You know, it was a story that was handed to me that there was something wrong with me. And, you know, that story was born out of my mother's sincere concern for me. You know, at a time when I was a teenager and I was acting out and, you know, I was acting crazy. Well, then the story became that I was crazy. And because I kept talking about it and believing what my mom's assessment of of me was, you know, I ended up with some diagnoses that like matched that description. And then I kept talking about it. And then I kept having examples of people in relationship telling me that, you know, that the way I was being or somehow was causing them, you know, some, some suffering or I was creating drama through how I was or my feelings or something like that. And, and so I started gen judging myself and thinking I had to fix myself, which lunged me even to even more psychotherapy. And like, I've got to fix me to be presentable to all these people. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm unworthy. So the, the story just grew and grew and it didn't get any better. Really. It got worse. It didn't get better until I hit rock bottom, you know, until I really just wanted to end it. And I had two kids by now. Um, you know, I was acting really crazy. I was, because <laughs> the story, right? So I was really fulfilling my own prophecy. And I was driving uh, these long distances to art shows and then crying all the way and weaving in between lanes and not paying attention and feeling you know, really sorry for myself. And, and, and I was really acting the part. So it wasn't until I finally started on this path of curiosity, I said, okay, well, I'm not going to end it. So that means I need to get busy. Like if I'm not going to end it, I need to do something. Yeah. I need to find a pathway to heal. And as soon as I made that decision, 
somebody got put in my path. Like, and how did they get put in my path? That which is bigger than me connected me to this person and said, great, you're ready to get started. How about a dose of truth? And literally the first session with this first spiritual mentor who was a yogi with hair down to his hips and played Led Zeppelin and Vinyasa, he was like, very cool. <laughs> like, crispy baguettes in. But he sat me down. I told, started telling him my whole sob story about how this person was injuring me and he wasn't paying attention. And, you know, this is this guy who lived in Atlanta. He was like really remote. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Who cares, right? But I was like all invested in it and really upset. And Crispy just looked at me and he turned the platter around to face me, like turned it all the way around 20 degrees and looked and pointed at me and said, you're creating this. And that was the first time anybody said that to me. Yes. 20 years of psychotherapy, nobody told me you're creating this. I was affronted and shocked and upset for like all of a minute. And then I looked at him and I'm like, you're right, I am. How do I uncreate it? <laughs> oh my gosh. What a huge reality. It was a reality check that worked, you know? Yeah. So timing is everything. That's why you can't force somebody in your life to get this message. Stop trying. You can, you can only hold space for them in the place that they are with love. That's it. You cannot force somebody until they're ready. I had to go through 20 some odd years of weekly psychotherapy, which was torturous in order to be prepared for the moment that he would land that message and it would stick. Right. And if I want to, if I can build on that a little bit, have that same understanding about yourself. To a certain degree, you're going to go through the learning that you need to go through until you're really going to step into what you want to believe. You can work actively towards it, um, but don't beat yourself up if you're not where you want to be yet. <laughs> too. Yeah. And don't beat yourself up if, you know, you join a class with somebody, you know, like say you join Butterfly Circle and you don't get a miracle within the first week. Like, please don't be disappointed. You know, <laughs> like, right. sometimes it takes a little time for your subconscious to release its hold on the current reality you have. Like, there's a lot of, like, actually in this program, the first whole segment of the program is make it safe. And so I'll share that with you guys. Like, however you go about your journey, the first part is always make it safe, make it safe, make it safe, mm -hmm. make it safe. Because the part of you inside that's resistant to change is terrified of being told it's wrong and is terrified of being punished because that's all it's received so far is being told it's wrong. It doesn't know and it's being punished. So loosen up, lighten up, give yourself some grace and space, you know, turn it into a game, become curious and connect with something bigger than you for comfort, you know, whether that's a community or, you know, a friend that you can share with or the earth and you can go for nice nature hikes or you can go get that runner's high, whatever the something bigger is to give yourself support so that you can open more and relax more and then you can go into the cocoon and tear some stuff up, you know, but you're not going to tear anything up in your cocoon and your reality until you're comfortable and safe. So yeah. you, you got to make it safe for yourself that you're not going to judge yourself around every corner of this journey. Right. And recognize that because so much shame and everything comes up along the way, um, that this is, this is awesome. You are on your path. You are, it's because you are, 
going forward that you are looking at these things. And that's brave. It's It's extremely courageous to do this path because this is like the Matrix movie, you know, the red pill or the blue pill. Yes. And when you take the red pill, woo-wee, you better hold on to your hat. So it's a journey. It's really exciting. And it takes a lot of courage. You know, it takes a courage to face the spaces within. It takes courage to see the shadows, you know, and it takes courage to love all of yourself, to go back to your former selves and be like, you know what, I judged you before and I'm so sorry I did that. I love you completely. And let's find a way to work together. You know, all of these aspects of self that have felt judged and blamed, they're sort of like hiding in the shadows in your subconscious going, oh, I better not show my head because I don't want to get punished. Mm -hmm. And what you really need is all of them in the light working together with you. You know, you need all of it working for you. I mean, have you ever noticed that you go to make a decision and then you've got like, five different competing voices about what to do. (laughs) Oh, yes, I have. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's different aspects of your subconscious. It's like maybe your five-year-old doesn't agree with your 30-year-old, doesn't agree with your ancestors, doesn't agree with your higher self. Yeah. Here at Superpower Experts, we often talk about those as the pieces and parts. The pieces and parts. Yep. They're all your different pieces and parts. And they're all there. They're all reality. And none of them, you're not going to make any of them go away but you can choose which ones you're going to listen to more. Yeah. And you can, you know, the best way to get somebody crotchety or grouchy in a new space is about not try to change them. Like you just listen and hold space and witness. That is the best way to make it uh, relax because all any of us wants is to be validated. We just want to be heard and validated that this hurt happened or this thing happened, or I had this idea. We just want it to be witnessed and we don't want somebody trying to change us or, or we definitely don't want anybody trying to kill us, you know? So if you're trying to kill your ego, stop right now. (laughs) That'll make it really resistant to change. So, you know, you've got to be of compassion for all the aspects of you. Yes. That's so true. And one of the things that I've found super helpful that for some reason, one part of my journey was when I was, in a dealing with some of those parts and the parts I didn't like were often the loudest is, is the question of, can I love myself through this? Mm-hmm. You know, even as I am stuck in this shame or reaction, and this is not who I want to be. Can I love myself? Can I love myself? So these are really good questions. So I like to, now I like to tell my students, I'm like, okay, so, when you're asking a question to the universe, God, source, creator, whatever your word is, be mindful of what question you're asking because mm-hmm. it's answering that question. So if you say, how much more bad stuff's going to happen? <laughs> that question is not helpful. You know, because right. You're going to find out how much more bad stuff can happen. And so like, be mindful about what question you're asking. Like if you've been experiencing a lot of trauma or suffering, you know, you might ask, you know, I really would love to find out today what would happen if I was at peace. What would my life be like if I was at peace today? Mm-hmm. How would that be if I was at peace? I would be very curious to know. I really would love to experience what it would be like today if I was at peace. I now your brain that. is looking for that, right? It's looking exactly. for, oh, okay, let's find out what peace looks like. <laughs> it looks for the evidence of what you're trying to shape. I love that. So 
maybe an even better question for me, maybe the, the question was at that time, can I love myself? But what are all the things I can love myself for at this point? <laughs> you know, for anybody coming up, you know, expanding the question. Yeah, in a prayer I started saying for a while back um, was, Dear Universe, surprise me with how much you love me. Uh, yeah. Because surprise is really important because surprise brings you outside of what you know is possible, doesn't it? Surprise is what like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's something new. Oh, it brings you up out of your paradigm into a new place. So I love the element of surprise or curiosity, but then you have to be careful to match that request for surprise with something beautiful, right? Because you can also be surprised by other things. Right. (laughs) And you'll equally get that if you ask for it. So, right. Right. So how, wow. Ah, Well, thank you. I love um, talking to you. I think I could talk to you for another day. That'd be fun. (laughs) Yes, that would be very fun. Um, Before we go, is there anything else that you, um, you know, that's on your heart that you want to speak to? Well, I just want to say that, um, you know, if you're looking to open up this aspect of yourself and, you know, and you're feeling afraid about taking the journey or you're, you're kind of like not sure something's going to happen for you or that kind of thing, you know, get somebody to guide you like um, Kristen here or, you know, or myself or somebody else, like see what resonates for you. Like in other words, like see what what sounds reasonable to you. Like, you're like, that person sounds really reasonable. I like that. Then go with that, you know, start somewhere, anywhere and, and begin the journey because you're not, you know, signing up for life, you know, so you can go learn from someone a little something, and then you can take that wisdom and go learn a little something someplace else. And then you can work on it yourself and incubate it and integrate it and make it nice and juicy. And then you can decide, Oh, I want to go, you know, be exposed to something new and go study. So it, this can evolve. You don't have to have the destination in mind. Like it's an opposite of what you've been trained in your domestication to just kind of go along and see what resonates piece by piece. Martin Luther King said, you don't see the whole stairway. You only see the first step. And so I always remind myself, if I can see the whole stairwell, that's my ego. So I always go for the opportunity to see just the first step and to trust. Uh, Yes. Does this really feel to feel in and like, does this feel expansive and exciting to me? Yeah. Does it seem like I would learn a lot? Does it seem like it would open me? Does it seem like it would challenge me? Because even if you feel like, gosh, this would really challenge me and I might get upset. Great. Sometimes that's a really good thing. It's awesome. Then you can let it go. (laughs) You can look at it and go, ah, I'm done doing that. You can learn a lot from those, those triggers, you know? So sometimes if somebody really triggers you, you can learn a lot from that. Great. It's so right. Thank you very much. Remind everybody where they can learn. Oh, and we didn't even get to talk about your book at all. Just once, tell us what your book is. Then your okay. new book. Yeah, yeah, the second wave, transcending the human drama, is my first channeled text. So, which means that I um, listen to that which is bigger than me. My guide, his name is White Eagle, is a. Um, Ascended Master of Awakening. And so I listened um, and wrote the book through that channeling process. And of course, it leveraged a lot of my personal life experiences. Um, But it's a really impactful book for people who have felt like they don't belong or that they were the black sheep in their family or the one that was scapegoated or the, the one that seemed to have the most challenges or seemed to be the one that noticed that everything wasn't working the way it really should work. That person, if that's you, you might 
find some solace in this book. It's got a lot of answers as to why that might have been happening. And uh, some good advice about how to clean up your ancestral DNA and your body and things like that. So that's that book. And that can also be found at my website. It's also on Amazon, The Second Wave. So, yeah, and if you want to play a game with me, uh, the game is free. <laughs> you know, it's, you can start seeing if this whole earth spirituality thing is useful. Um, again, that's a love mastery game. And it's at kerryhummingbird.com. That's K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com forward slash play. Oh, great. Thank you so much. And listeners, I appreciate you for showing up for yourselves, for your spirit. And until next time, go out and remember that you do hold the power to change and transform your world. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. 